People, ils ont posé, ils ont tout le monde. For the podcast. Let me take a minute before you smell my breath on the podcast. For culture. Back at it again, the For the Culture podcast. We have two special guests with us, all the way from Africa, Mohamed, Rui. Hey, How's it going up? over there, guys? I'm good, I'm good. It's crazy Very that we would... Thank you, thank you. We were just talking about how we're we're surprised ourselves that we have listeners from all the way from Africa. And what's you, yeah. you said your time zone is like what what was it again? One o'clock, one thirty? Uh now it's midnight. midnight. Oh midnight. midnight, twelve thirty? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's start from the beginning. You guys are from Africa. Actually, we never well, I never been to Africa. You been to Africa, Clark? No, not yet. <laughs> yeah, that's something we want to do on our on our to-do list, we want to go out there to Africa because, yeah, on TV in America, they don't really show all the nice parts of Africa. They usually show all the bad parts. So that's the danger of a single story. Yeah, exactly. So I actually want to go out there myself. I hear stories of people go there and they tell me about Africa and I'm like, wow, I never knew that because growing up, you see on TV, you see what you see on TV and that's it because we're not actually there. That's something I want to do myself is to go to Africa. And um, thank you guys for tuning in to our show. And thank you guys for coming on. Um, so let's start with your uh, story. Ashley, how is the coronavirus over there? Like, how did it impact you guys, the coronavirus? I just want to, to correct something. Rui, actually, it's in Europe. I'm oh, in Rui's. Oh. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. I didn't know that. Okay, Rui's in yeah. Africa. No and then, I mean, Rui's in um, Europe and Mohammed's in Africa. All right, yeah, so... Yeah. Both of you guys tell me how the coronavirus, like, how did, how does it, how did it hit you guys, both of you guys, since you guys are two different, we're all in different locations. Well, um, in Mozambique, where I am, I'm at, uh, actually it started recently. Uh, we had some cases one month ago, but mild cases. Um, it actually started to spread more right now and it's starting to affect in lives. We have the quarantine lockdown almost for two months. And yesterday our president uh, declared one more month. So, uh, and we have the challenge of not having the social security of developed countries. So it's, it's a big challenge for people that 90% of people don't have the food that they need, the, the amount of preparation that other countries have. So it's a challenge and we have less doctors. So it will be a challenge for sure. I'm a doctor myself, so I'm feeling it. I'm working on it. We are working extra hours. So it's, it's crazy right now, to be honest. It's really tough. Wow. So really you, what, do, what do they have you work on? Like, what do they have you like working on as far as like with the coronavirus? Like what procedures are they are like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's your background as far as with your, your side of being a doctor? And then like, what does, what is affected by that now? Yeah, what what field are you in? I'm a general practitioner. Um, I'm working on a site, actually. Um, it's a very close site um, that, that has no access to the main, main areas of the city. So it's a rural area with a, a big community. It's challenging because I guess the virus is challenging for every country, even developed countries, because we don't have a lot of data about it. Um, every country has their own approach. And in my opinion, 
we in Mozambique, we are having mild cases compared to other countries. Our mortality is very, very low compared with other countries, maybe related with weather. We have, we have the winter right now, but it's actually quite warm. Um, it's a tropical area, so oh, wow. it's, it's really a new thing for the world, not only for Mozambique, in my opinion. What about you, Rui? So, um, basically, here in Poland, actually, we, we got the hit a bit uh, earlier. So, basically, when, when Spain started, we started two weeks earlier than them. Um, and it, it hit us a bit hard, actually, on the mostly uh, B2B, uh, suffered a bit. And uh, I think the economical side uh, has been suffering more than the, than the social side, actually. Mm. Because uh, one, one uh, uh, particularity of, of the people from Poland, which for me is also um, an inspiration, is that uh, when there are situations like this, that the whole country is suffering, uh, the people come together and they help themselves. So, for example, uh, there were a lot of uh, activities going on, such as uh, fundraising, like that just random people created. They didn't want any recognition on that. And they were collecting money from individuals just to pass it on to small and, and startup businesses to help them through, uh, throughout this crisis. So, uh, at least on that side, we are trying to uh, come together uh, here. I'm, I'm from Mozambique, uh, born in Mozambique, uh, Portuguese with Portuguese nationality, living in Poland. So I've been all over the place. Uh, but one thing that I can say that uh, here I feel not only um, as part of the society itself, but I feel also, um, how can I say, they welcomed me with, with warm heart. And, and I feel that, that I'm part of the community also. So this, this, part, uh, this particularity is something that I saw that not, not many countries are doing it that way, specifically uh, as the people coming together and, and getting stronger. Um, but besides that, I think on the, on the front end, uh, the, the health doctors and the, and the health practitioners, they are for sure like helping and, and doing their best in this situation. And the good side is that the economy is returning. I mean, the malls are opening. Um, and now we have the saloons and restaurants opening slowly. And the good thing is that the people here, they follow the rules. And when they say uh, you need to have masks, they are using it and uh, the number of cases are reducing. I've never been to Poland either or, or Europe, period. <laughs> Not yeah. yet, man. <laughs> I want to make a trip. I got to make a trip. Yeah. You should come. You, you, will, you will love it. You will love it. You should come. It's an amazing country. Yeah, I heard stories. stories. My friend went to, um, to Europe uh, last year. He was telling me that the girls like Americans. Is that true? <laughs> it's very true, man. I'm, I'm about to close some here. I, I cannot get into details, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, planning, I'm, planning to stay, I'm planning to stay for longer. Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right. But so, highly uh, advisable, I can say. Okay. Okay. So, um... Let's start with uh, your uh, businesses. Uh, you guys are business partners? Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, go ahead and tell the viewers how you guys met, how you guys started. Uh, go ahead and give a little background information, really, too, like how, like, because you're in the medical field, Mohammed, and now you're in the financial market field now. So what made you say, you know what? I'm tired of this nine to five job. I need to look for something more security, something for my future, my 
my kids and my other long live like your your last name pretty much. So go ahead and tell, right. tell us. Let's go start with that. Um, a lot, uh, a little bit about my background. I was born in Portugal, raised in Portugal. Uh, I moved to Mozambique because my family is all from Mozambique. I met Rui in 2015. Um, while I was a student of medicine, he came to, to my university actually to, to make a presentation. He was a part of a, an organization named Isaac. I don't know if you ever heard about it. It's for young entrepreneurs, basically, to develop skills. Uh, and to be honest, I was fascinated by him. The amount of confidence he had, I never seen someone, you know, and it was so humble and so simple, all in one. Um, he recruited us and we entered the organization. It was a non-profitable organization. Um, and we went to an event to the capital. I lived in the north where he came. Uh, we went to the capital and we, we spent some time having trainings and some parties as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, we, we kept connected at that time. But then I left because of the demanding of med school. Um, and after a few years, when I was about to end the, the medical school in Portugal, I, I got to know about Forex. You know, I was looking for alternatives because I saw everyone around me, the doctors itself, they really worked hard, you know, to an old age and never had that financial independence they really wanted. So I started to think, okay, they're very smart people. They, there's no doubt about that. But they struggle so much. They work harder than everyone else and they don't have the independence, you know. So I started to find ways of making money. I always wanted to do stuff. And I found on the internet, basically, about Forex. Uh, some, some links told it was a scam. So I left it aside. Um, a few years passed. It was last year, I guess, at the beginning. I saw Rui's, Rui's page that he was doing Forex. I knew the guy. I trusted him, you know. Um, so I asked him more information about it. He was very helpful at, and gave me a lot of information. And that's how we actually met for the second time. And it was very deep, the connection, you know. And he taught me everything I knew, basically. He gave me the basics and he took me as a brother. And after two, three months, we were partners. <laughs> It was very quick, you know, the connection. It's that one thing that you cannot explain. I, can, I really can't put it in, into words. Maybe he can help me with that. <laughs> Rui, can you help us with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, first of all, a bit of my field also. Um, so, I, I basically studied uh, engineering and telecommunications, uh, IT. Uh, but I actually didn't finish. I stopped in, in the last one and I discovered this world of, of Isaac, which is a global organization that is focused on leadership, in developing leadership in youngsters from 18 to 30. At the time, it was that. I don't know exactly the details now, uh, which I spent like five years like in social responsibility acts and traveling abroad, getting to know, uh, which is a funny story because I actually met my girlfriend four, four years ago and we re-met four years after 
it's another story I'll, I'll tell you guys later. Um, and after that, I, I decided to, to enter the, the field of sales. I was a sales, uh, a sales professional for, for DHL, um, hitting the doors, getting the clients and stuff. And, and after that, I, I saw that in my country at least, and, and that was the first sign that for me, uh, things, um, they were not completely, how can I put this? They, they were not completely lost actually, but in some way, some people were taking, were controlling the country in some way because we had a crisis where the, the, there was a rumor that was a, a, a certain amount of money that was, that disappeared from, from the organization, from the, from the country itself, uh, which was related to a stolen money. And that made the currency decrease like almost in half. So in, in one year, we literally felt that uh, our salary decreased for half, but the prices kept increasing and we were receiving the same, same thing and we didn't know what was going on. And that for me was a bit shocking because I was giving my all in DHL and, and, uh, and I noticed that effect. And for me, it was my first wake up call. And I decided to go uh, to Portugal to try uh, things in Europe to understand how can, I don't know, in a future or be able to avoid this type of situations or prevent myself in the future for something like this. So I better change uh, markets. Uh, and I decided to improve myself by going to a challenging market as Portugal. Uh, it wasn't actually a very good experience for me. It was a lot of challenges, but it's life. And, and there were lessons for me instead of problems. Uh, and after that, I came to Poland, uh, where I, uh, during this trip, moving from Portugal to Poland, that's where I, I got myself introduced to uh, to Forex, um, and most of you guys might know IML. It was rocking everywhere. Everyone mm -hmm. was talking about it, and, and I got introduced to this world through them, um, and I have also my comments on that, but it's a separate subject. And then after that, that's how... Yeah, we have IML down here too. Trust me, we know yeah, it is. I know, I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised they even got that far to Poland. Yeah. yeah so uh, IML's big then. Yeah, worldwide. it's big. It came to Mozambique as well. Yeah, it's worldwide. Um, Clark, yeah. Clark does Forex too. Yeah, I do foreign exchange on the side. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, I, I do. I agree. Yeah. That, that's, how, that's how I met Hamza. And then after that, we saw that we had something in common. And we had like, uh, how can I put this? It's like energy. You know, sometimes people emit energy and you can feel the energy of the person. And our energies, uh, in some in some way, they connected and, and they intertwined, and and that was enough for us. And we saw that, for example, in an, in an RML experience, that we saw that we we have, we had much more to give, and that we should try something different, try something new. That's when we started to pursue our career as a partner, as as, as we are today. Uh, right. But that, that's the energy we have, uh, for some way, we have the same same connection in terms of energy. Not only professionally, but also as friends. Yeah. Yeah, mindset is big. Mindset is big, especially when you have two people that are on the same path. Makes it much easier. Yeah. Makes it better, and you reach goals faster. So like, definitely, that, that's sure. really good. Yeah. Uh, but we that, were just that's talking. We were just talking about IML last weekend, actually. Me and Clark, I was at his uh, daughter's birthday party, and my girlfriend has a friend that's in IML because of her mom. And as soon as I brought that up to Clark, because I was curious about what it is, because she was trying to get my girlfriend to join. And Clark was like, no, 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 don't join. Whoever your friend is, tell her to get out. It's not worth it. You're just creating a job for yourself. He was just going in. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, uh, I think the, the, the experience in IML, uh, how can I put this? I think they're, as, a, as an organization, they, they are doing actually, there's a, a positive side for what they are doing. I'm yeah. not saying that I'm pleasing them, but there's a positive side as they are creating awareness to everyone about this, which That's I think true. it's important for people to know that there are other ways to, for you to have uh, side hustles or other streams of incomes. And some of them actually can survive crisis like this because that's not many examples that you have so i think on that on the information side of you they actually uh, spread it really well uh, but on the terms of what actually is their product and what actually are they promoting and i think there was a lack because in my experience i'm not speaking of anyone else in my experience it was i felt more of the of the multi-level marketing above the forex which was not the product that i was sold to and and i felt a bit uh, hurt by that but I also I mean I gave it a try because I mean you never know it might be something different in your life but I saw that it was consuming me more time to do that part instead of actually uh, focusing in Forex and right. there was a lot of problems in leadership uh, uh, communication and leadership then I decided to to abandon the project uh, yes. by myself yeah yeah I know exactly how it feels man I, I was in network marketing with a different company named World Ventures and it's a, it's amazing because like you said uh, you get uh, different views on like how to make an income, do different things instead of doing the norm, going to work and, you know, going to school and so forth. So, and then you meet different people that, that, that are doing different things and not just that one thing. So it opens your mind and puts you on a, on a different path. And you keep connected with those same people because you guys share experiences that are different from everyone else, you know, traveling yeah. together and so forth. So I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool, though. That's pretty good that you guys are were uh, were uh, were exposed yeah. to that, you know. So yeah, you guys, yeah. I mean, for yeah. for example, uh, uh, um, I don't know about the information that goes outside, but in the African reality, for you to have uh, a way to generate your own income without needing to find a job or even a boss, it's already a lot. It's a it's a knowledge that can literally uh, change uh, completely the generations of your family. Uh, if you actually acquire this type of knowledge. So for us, it, it can actually, I can put it like in a complete long term, if actually this information spreads a lot, it can actually change uh, the, the way Africa as a continent even behaves or, or the ascending because the people will start to have the, the money, the, the power to be able to make purchases and investments. But in the plus side, if it wasn't for IML, I wouldn't have met Rui again. Oh, <laughs> so you was I'm an IML too? Yeah, see, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, that's how I met him, actually, um, for the second time. He, he was on social media um, talking about it. Uh, yeah. But I didn't trust the company. I trusted the guy, you know? Yeah. So I, I went for it. And what made me stay was actually his mentorship because he had more experience than I did. Um, so the product, I think, if it's well used, if it, the leadership was well used, I think it would work. But we had some problems with it. Yeah, and I'm not just, this is my opinion, right? Um, I'm not here to talk about, talk bad about them. This is just my personal opinion because I had the experience. I stayed with them for a while. Uh, I consumed every product they had, um, watched every video, did everything. 
And in the end was me not having results was my fault, <laughs> basically. Uh, you're I, not I know what you're doing saying. the effort that you need. You're not doing the effort that you need. And the environment was all positivity and a lot of quotes of people, <laughs> of yeah. writers, you know. But in the end, it was a good thing because we had the experience and now we know what we don't want to do. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Like I, I got introduced to Forex through network marketing too, because I was in a company called World Ventures. I don't know if you heard of it, but um, that one was worldwide too. It was in Africa. It's big in South Africa, actually. But um, uh, I know a few people from Durban too, Durban, South Africa. But um, aside from that, that's how I got introduced to Forex. I'm glad I went that route because, you know, it's, it's good that you, you actually got out and did your own thing because a lot of people get introduced to Forex the wrong way and they never go back to find out what it really is, you know? And I always tell people it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's made to be for you to be self-sufficient, not relying on a, on a company or it's made for you to have your own, go through a broker, you have your own account and you do your own trading. Or if you have, if you create a trading style or if you, uh, if you shadow or copy somebody else's trading style, you can become super profitable. And I know a few people that have done that already too, you know? So I'm just on my way. Cause I know what you're saying. Cause I, I went through Forex. I like your, the, the situation with Forex is like very similar. Like I found out about it, like in 2014, 15, I put it away. I was like, ah, you know, I'm not going to, you know, and then it came back to me. Cause I was like, man, I started to find out about somebody through one of my other friends. So it's kind of crazy, you know, long story short, I got back into it and now I'm like pretty decent at it, you know? So it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. How, like speaking of that, like, are you, are you guys doing more like as a, as like full-time or is it part, more part-time? Um, I actually, when I started, I had three jobs. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. You really yeah, was hustling. Man. Yeah, man. Trust me, I was. I was I was struggling because I'm a very ambitious young man. <laughs> so yeah. I was lecturing. I was lecturing uh, on a university of med school. I had my own business, a laboratory, and I used to do night shifts. So I was learning Forex without sleeping. It was sleepless nights with Rui, actually. It was ruthless, man. It was ruthless, wow. but it really prepared me. So he told me a quote that I needed to burn my ships to really go for it, you know, um, not have too many safe nets. So I started ditching one by one my, my job. Nice. Uh, I actually did a full-time job of Forex uh, after four months. I was doing full-time until one month ago. When the COVID exploded here in Mozambique, I, I, I started working more as a doctor as well. But for a quite, quite some time, I did it as a full-time full job. Wow, nice, man. Four months. That's fast, man. That's pretty good. How about you, Ru? Uh, basically, my, my experience was first in the beginning, actually, um, raw on Forex full-time because I was actually leaving a job uh, and I wanted to start like my own, my own firm. Actually, it was, um, I had, uh, I, I can call it as an epiphany because I was um, here, uh, at least here in Europe and, and other, uh, uh, other countries since also in, uh, in Africa. 
uh, the salary is paid per month. So you have like a, a gross amount per month. So may, uh, it's easier for you to get lured in on a big amount in the end of the month while actually your, your, uh, your price per hour, how much your value per hour, it's not that much. Um, so I had actually this moment in Portugal where I realized that my value per hour, how much I was doing was not exactly how much I was getting paid for. And this kept, kept happening on frustration, which led me like when I left uh, the company, I wanted to try something on my own and something that I could be independent and most certainly not search for customers and, and be like anywhere in the world and do that. Actually, I started investigating dropshipping. Um, I actually yeah. started a small, small dropshipping business. Yeah. Um, which for me it was taking a bit more time than I actually wanted and then IML appeared with all the fascinations and, and what they were selling um, and I decided to go all in on Forex but then um, in the beginning with some winnings I got uh, my ego got a bit inf inflated and um, easily I won a lot and then suddenly I lost a lot and for me that was like a reality check and I back off of Forex for like uh, two to three months just to reflect on, on life decisions and stuff. Um, and then after that, I decided to come, but slowly with the, with the job, which is uh, actually what I'm doing right now. So that's, that's kind of, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause I know, I know like um, Forex is very like psychological and yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's like almost like 80% psych psych, you know, psyche and then the rest is like your skill. Technical. Um, yeah. The other thing is like, how, like, how do you build your psychology? How do you guys build that? Because I know even with me at times, I'm like, man, like, you know, you open a trade, it's retracing, it's going down like 20 pips. You're like, man, I did everything right. Or 30 pips. You're like, man, what's going on? You know? Yeah. So how do you, how do you combat that? How do you, you know what I'm saying? How do you go about that? Yeah. I don't know if I can start. Uh, maybe like for me, easily uh, first. I, I think the first, the first, uh, the first thing is to understand that that is important, because it's so abstract the concepts that you speak, that you speak about like discipline or consistency or risk management. Uh, but there isn't there isn't actually an, an important factor that you can understand in the beginning. So some sometimes some people have to actually go through the experience of suffering. I can put in brackets. I think it's the Dunning Kruger effect where you go like, I know everything, and then you go like going down. Uh, so I think in some point that, that gives you like the wake up call that, hey, this shit is, is important and it's something that uh, I should take into consideration in actually applying myself to it and giving it time to understand it. And then after that, I mean, for me it was, uh, it's more about how to avoid uh, linking an emotion. How, how, how can I uh, eliminate an emotion with a technical point? Like for example, how can you uh, eliminate the fear of losing your bank is uh, your bank balance uh, it's better for you to have um, a risk management plan so that eliminates directly if you follow like this way it's easier for you to to cope with with the emotions even on the grid if you uh, create a, a limit uh, of trades per day for you it's 10 or like two or three it's easier for you to eliminate grid you just turn off your laptop it's an action that eliminates an emotion so for me i, I work more like that yeah that's true. Mohammed, yeah, how do you yeah, how do you go about it? For me, um at the beginning I was very focused on technicals. Uh yeah. I read I think thirty books <laughs> of technicals to try to find the holy grail. Uh, 
And yeah, when I had my major, major, major loss, I remember every day this loss, before I take any trade of my life, I started to take responsibility, you know. Uh, I started to put, it's not the market's fault in the end. It's not, oh, this strategy doesn't work. It's me. I'm the guy that is making it not work, okay? Uh, And taking responsibilities, I started to notice what is wrong with me. Uh, so that comes with the personal development afterwards. You de- de- identifying the problem, you can have the solution afterwards. But I always blame the market at the beginning, like, oh, the banks are against me. Oh, the broker is doing this to me. And I started blaming everyone and everything, man. But when I took the responsibility, when I looked, look, ev- some people are making money. What is they are doing wrong? It's not about the technicals. It, it was me. It was my emotions. And I was a very anxious person before starting Forex. So that was yeah, a big obstacle with me. So creating daily habits really changed the game. for me. Having a routine, especially a morning routine, that was the thing that changed the most. Uh, basically... I really can't turn off my emotions, but I, I control them better when I have my routine in all my routine. If I miss something of my routine, my daily routine, my morning routine, that day won't be good. Even if I have a major, major win, it won't feel like it's something is missing about me. Wow. So that was the whole the turning point for me. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, from both of you guys. Yeah, that. I know what you're saying, like blaming the banks, man, and, and you're like, oh, it's the news, and it's this and that, and you're like, man, you know, and, and then I, I've blown so many accounts, yeah. you know, you blame, yeah. blow so many accounts, and then you're scared, and then you're like, man, is this even for me, you know, and then after a while, like, I, you know, I know exactly what you guys are saying, man, like, it's crazy, and only the certain few that are stay in it and actually become profitable, and you know what I'm saying, they, they, they go through it yeah. and learn it, so. I think we're, you know, you know, we're we're on the same page on that, man. Um, yeah, that's actually uh, amazing. I know, I know what you're saying. You got to have like a, a a trading plan. So like me, for me, it's 30 pips. Like, how many pips do you, are you guys looking at every day? Because I know for me, it's 30 to to minimize the risk. But you tell me, tell me how, <laughs> tell me, tell me how what you guys do. Yeah, go ahead, Mom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Mom, it's not like he go over 30. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, I, I don't do pairs that move very slow. So I'm laughing because 30 pips is my spread. It's my... <laughs> oh, my whenever God. I get in the trade, I'm already down 30 pips. So I, I started laughing because of that. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't have a fixed daily pip count. I have a monthly count. It's easier for me because that avoids overtrading. Uh, that prevents me of trading every day. And I trade very volatile pairs and especially commodities and indexes. So some weeks we catch 5,000 pips, other 10,000 It's very relative. It's not fixed. Um, but we, do, we, we, we both do currencies as well. But I'm trying to get off that because I rather have the major major pip counts 
that goes for my style and yeah. my my personality as well. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody's style is different. Yo, how about you, Rui? Yeah, so I, I think I think Mohammed said it all. Uh, in the beginning, mostly I can say uh, pre-COVID because I think there was a moment of forex pre-COVID, which uh, the market conditions were were different. They were more steady. I mean, it was easier to understand and follow through uh, because it wasn't so emotion based, and and it was easier. I mean, during that time, we could have like uh, uh, 500 pips week uh, uh, to one 2,000 pips pips week, uh, but it depends a lot in the market conditions. Um, and after after this situation, the market became emotional. So it's it's kindly hard uh, to make a prediction. You can establish like a minimum, uh, and I say that even for for our, our our students, that people that that follow our our teaching and and our advices, that it's really depending on on your lifestyle. Because if my my, my lifestyle doesn't allow me to stay four hours on the chart, uh, it's relatively hard to make uh, so many. Um, and uh, also like this, the scenario that is happening right now, uh, making the markets emotional, it's really important to understand how you can take advantage of it, not being sucked in by these emotions that the market are cre is creating. So uh, uh, actually at this moment, we don't have actually a fixed pip count. Uh, we, we go to the market more as you go um, to a shop to buy something specific. So we go, we look for the for right opportunity, we go in, we go out, that's enough and then we continue our lives so it's more of more of that style right now that's actually that's really good man that's really good to go about it like that especially like when you were talking about a uh, the psychology man and like detaching your emotions that was hard man that was hard for me man that was really hard because yeah. like you have the money you hard-earned money you go to work and you put that in the bank and you're like okay this time exactly. i'm gonna do this and that and and also that ties into what muhammad said when you have a plan, you know, like in the morning, like you do certain things and that preps mm -hmm. you to do better that day, you know, to trade, to set up a trade. So that's yeah. amazing. That's really good advice you guys are giving, especially for the people out there that are going to be watching, you know, yeah. um, to see. And matter of fact, since they're going to be watching, like what, what's the name of your business as far as with you and Muhammad with, uh, with the trading, like what are you offering in the, in your trading package? Like right now, you know? Yeah, let everybody know so they can come to you guys if they need help or if you guys have a program or you guys are tr class training, anything like that. Let them know so they can contact you guys and you guys can take it from there. Definitely. Yeah, so, so basically our, our program is more um, in turn, for example, just, just to add on to the previous point, uh, one of the concepts that we teach is when you know that uh, the, your work brings you $100. So that those $100 take, take you, I don't know, two weeks to earn it. When you go to Forex, you cannot just spend it in one day because the effect, the psychological effect that it's going to have on you is like you took your hard sweat and tear from two weeks and you wasted like in two days. So that's why we give a lot of enforcement in risk management and account mm, yeah. management. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. Uh, so our, our program it's uh, Dr. Forex and Mr. Profitable. Um, we are we are two youngsters, and our goal is is basically to create a community where people not only because a market of of more than three trillion dollars per day has opportunity for a lot of people. So it's yeah. it's not correct to be greedy and to put this this type of knowledge in a way that is very close. So we basically created a community where we actually uh, provide the the, 
the, the actual value of certain information. For example, instead of only speaking about risk management in theory, we actually uh, speak about touch points, like how risk management can actually affect your psychology and how you can use that. So this actually tipping points that it's not really clear during your first experience uh, uh, in Forex is something that we always actually talk about more. Uh, maybe Amza, you can compliment. Yeah, the thing that our vision when we started the project was to create something unique for each person, not to sell a program that is very basic and restricted. Uh, the good thing about our program is that we manage to give you the tools and we guide you to have your own plan, your own strategy. Um, so it's a very unique experience uh, and it's very restricted as well. Um, I think we both agreed at the beginning that we, will, we wouldn't catch the, we wouldn't be following the numbers. We don't want big, a big community at once. We want to target people slowly and so we can give the full attention to them, basically. Yes, got it. So are you, are you guys like, um, so you guys look at like swing trading, um, intraday trading and like, do you also scalp too or do you focus on just intraday or swing trading? Like, and then, and then the students, like you said, they have their own trading style and the way they trade and they pick up from that. So which one are, which one do you guys do? Like, are you guys both like different trading or swing traders? You know, tell, tell us, tell, tell the people out there. Um, so basically our, our, my trading style uh, is adaptive to the setup that I have uh, and the time that I have. So I normally program my months in the beginning of the month and on the end of the previous month. Uh, so I have an idea of how much time I can allocate to Forex itself. So uh, based on that, I define my setups and my strategy and how I want to go in and out. Sometimes I do intraday, sometimes I have position and also the lot size goes according to each, to each setup that I have. Uh, but I would say that I'm more of an intraday uh, also because of the, the, the market conditions right now. Yes. Uh, having condition trading right now, it's not actually uh, an advice that I would give anyone. I would go more for intraday scalping because you have much more opportunity uh, and less time that you have to dedicate on it. Yeah. True. That is so true. Mohammed, is it like the same with you right now, you know, doing to the market conditions and so forth? Catching to the point before that when Rui spoke about pre-COVID era, uh, things were different, right? Uh, <laughs> I think we can agree on that. That's um, true. <laughs> That's true. I started as a scalper and then I wanted to, to go to intraday and then swinging. I was going for it, but then COVID came and basically I'm an intraday trader, but I leave some runners. Uh, but with these market conditions, it's best to close it out, cash out your money, wins and repeat the next day. Yeah, I think we can both say that Right now we are intraday traders, but with very different styles. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Like, you know, when I when I traded, when I started, like I was learning from somebody. Um, he was actually pretty big in um, uh, forex. His name is Ryan. So I learned from him. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Gilpin. I don't know if you guys heard of him. Like, um, but yeah, he's he's one of the um, high income earners, and he said something that really struck me. And during his course, 
And he said that when you get good enough, like when you get like, when you start learning the charts and you know, like the technicals, he said technicals always override fundamentals because in the end you'll start to learn how to predict the news. And I was like, what? I said, no. So like I did when I started trading, because at that time I was learning his trading style. When I was learning it, I was like, man, I was like, I was actually kind of predicting the news. I was like, okay, it sounds crazy, but there was one point where Trump was, um, when we had the lockdown over here with the government lockdown, mm-hmm. way before COVID, you remember that? I think it was last, uh, two years ago, uh, was it, okay. you remember? Yeah. 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 And I was like, I, I told everybody, I said, Thursday, he's going to make the announcement because everybody said Friday, Friday, Friday. I was like, no, I'm looking at the chart. I like, for me, I, I, can, I didn't say I'm looking at the chart, but then I predicted it. And sure enough, Thursday, before, you know, before the end of the day, he came out and said, okay, we're going to end the lockdown. Boom, we're going to open back up. Boom, there it happened. Thursday, on Thursday, and I kept telling everybody, Thursday is going to happen. Not Friday, Thursday. Not Monday, Thursday. So it was kind of crazy when I predicted that. And then, so, was, so do you see like yourself doing that sometimes or you see certain things on the news? You're like, whoa, hold on. I predicted that. Or... For me, for example, it's um, sometimes it's, it's easier to predict because uh, I don't, I, I used to look the news separately. Like, for example, looking for the FOMC, uh, NFP yeah. um, separately. But when you start to see uh, the news coming from the beginning of the month based on the results, you know, the CPI, the interest rates, you can already have an understanding of where the, where the currency is going. So where are they pushing and where, where is it going? If, and if you start looking with the fundamentals and incrementing on your uh, technicals, it, it can happen, you know? And um, for me, I started first with very strong fundamentals, but then when, when I saw that uh, based understanding how, what is happening globally or generally on that currency, uh, at once it's enough and then the rest the technicals they just unfold um, as you already know what's going on yes. so understand the dollar is, is is going down you know okay generally it's going down so what are you looking more uh, it's more for uh, trapping that the big banks are doing and then you're just waiting for the trap on the upside and then you know it's going to go down right away so you're waiting for those moves and when they're happening it's it's easier it's really easier. Yeah, man. Like that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, as far as with that, that's that was a big thing for me. I used to look go on um Forex Factory, man. I'll just be like looking, looking like all the time, like on Forex, I'm you know, clicking on the red file. You're like, okay, I see the red file, I'm clicking on that. See, make sure I don't miss anything. And yeah, refresh, and FOMC, refresh, refresh. Yeah. FOMC <laughs> and <FDM>. yeah. <laughs> They're actually big, I actually got three questions of myself. Um I see people using robots now more than ever. What are y'all thoughts on that? Actually, I I like them, to be honest. They take out the emotion out of your trading. Okay, it's not you making the decision, it's a robot. Of course, it has it has many errors because it doesn't take as many factors as a human will be, will take at that moment to, to make the decision. But there are some robots that are very good, but the markets are always changing basically. So it's a challenge, challenging process. But I think when, when you have the right tool 
and you don't use it well, it will never work. So it needs to, to have with your performance as well. Executing at the right moment, the right way, not only having the right tool. Okay. Yeah. You too, Rui? Yeah. So, so for me, um, I have actually a different opinion. This is actually interesting because we are partners, but we share different opinions on this matter. Uh, I'm actually not in favor of, of bots. I actually tried some and tried to create some. Uh, but maybe it's it's also what what Hamza said. Maybe I was maybe using the wrong tool or the right tool the wrong way, and that also happens. Um, but I think that the future really holds that. I mean, if uh, AI catches up with with the bot, uh, with the programming side, and they can manage to merge uh, those two parts, and the bots and the artificial intelligence starts to learning the fundamentals also as input mm. on their analysis, that will make a big difference. But I think until there, we need bots with supervision. That's how I would put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's two different sides that are cool, though. That's cool. My yeah. second question was, what did you guys both do with your first withdrawal? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I mine, mine was very funny. Uh, my first withdrawal actually was to pay an IML subscription. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, actually was was the beginning. That's why when my 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 desire to push push more inside the organization uh, entered, uh, but I took the the withdrawal and and I made the, that payment. And for me, I was uh, and I always think like this that uh, the the way you treat your first deposit and the way you treat your profit. For example, if I put I don't know one hundred and fifty dollars and I make double, if I take out those one hundred and fifty dollars, the way I lose those. 150 that I made as profit is different because of the effort I put in to gain it. Um, so I, I always I always try to take uh, the withdrawal of the money that I deposit right away. Uh, but my first one was was to pay, pay IML for sure. I I bought Bitcoin actually. Oh okay, you guys <laughs> are into crypto. crypto too. Nice. Yeah. Bitcoin. I'm a lover for four years now. Yeah. So I made the. A purchase of Bitcoin with my withdrawal, and it was very fulfilling. Uh, I got free Bitcoin, basically. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was amazing feeling, amazing feeling. That's that's pretty cool. You guys, are you guys invested in XRP too? Because I'm heavily invested in XRP, man. I know, I know, you guys are in like you know in Europe. You well, Rui, you're in Europe, and Mohammed, you're in Mozambique. Yeah. But here, because you know XRP is an American company. Yeah. Man, you guys have to hear the news. That's I recommend if you if you can do more research into it. But yeah. XRP is huge, man, because the the treasury over here they're using. They, there's a lot of stuff happening. I'm just gonna say that it's gonna start to. I know Bitcoin was good at it at a certain point. Yeah. I know XRP is is the next coming up, man. Look into it. Um, Ruby Mohammed, is it true that Bitcoin is owned by Putin? <laughs> so the satoshi nakamoto is a russian guy not a japanese guy uh, that that would be funny actually that that would be that would be <laughs> you, you you guys you guys you guys it's funny you guys know he's russian did you did you guys uh you know you guys know who daniel Pena is Daniel Payne. Yeah, 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 the, the yeah, yeah. Man. He came out and said it. 
because you know those a lot of those guys have like they're in like a different tax bracket and they know stuff that most guys people don't and he's the one who first came out and said it the first interview he didn't want to sell anybody because he was like oh if people knew what bitcoin who owned bitcoin they would they would sell it right away and then there was another interview where he came out and said and i was like whoa and i was looking i was like it makes sense because what better way to infiltrate the u.s you know yeah. i'm not saying they're, they're the you know Right now, they're like the biggest as far as financial because everybody's yeah, looking yeah. at them because they own all these central banks. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy yeah, that you said he's Russian, up. too, Mom. Yeah. It's crazy that you said he's Russian. But yeah, the, the person who, who created it. Hey, Lisa. Hi, guys. Hey. Where, all right, so Lisa, we have Rui and Mohammed. Mohammed's from Africa, and um, Rui is in Europe right now. Oh, wow. How's that? Are you guys in quarantine? Yeah, we are opening. We opened the malls already, opening the salons. Salons actually already open for the hair and nails. And actually, we yeah, reached Yeah. Uh, sorry, I tried to come on quick, though. It's fine. Yeah. Most of um, is in quarantine, but I'm not because I'm treating the people that are sick, so I can't be in quarantine. Oh, but the, you the country are. is getting. Fully, fully in quarantine right now. Oh, the rest wow. of the world, no, but Mozambique is. Well, um, thank you for being on the front line, sir. Um, me and Clark was talking about this, uh, like probably a couple months ago, before this whole corona thing. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, what is it called, the, the Brexit chaos? The Brexit? Brexit? Yeah, yeah, the Brexit uh, chaos. Brexit. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are your thoughts on that? What are y'all, both your thoughts on that? Oh, Brexit. I would put it that uh, Brexit was a was an ego problem, my perspective, yeah. my personal opinion. Um, it was an ego problem as uh, UK, uh, in my perspective, they felt that they were contributing more to Europe as part of the EU instead of actually gaining something from the partnership itself. And actually, they were playing a big role as as part of the EU itself. Um, but there are other points which are relating to trading, trading, not actually currency trading, but uh, country trading that they didn't take in, into consideration and also the visa problem. Uh, so for me, as Brexit itself, I don't think it was a smart move because it was put under a lot of pressure. I think if they wanted to take any, any advantage out of this, shouldn't have done um, in a more smoother way and, lo and, and more in a lo uh, lo longevity a perspective instead of a short-term gains which was uh and and it hit them very hard because it came right right after brexit came covid and that that was like a, a hit in the guts true you too mohaben that's what you that's your point of view of it too i agree with roy um but i think the main reason is that uh if you look at the worldwide economy the countries are become, becoming selfish in a way uh, they are looking for their own even in America, from what we hear, um, uh, Trump, Trump to go against China and other countries is to develop the own, the own consumism of the country. And I can feel that every country has that mentality right now. Uh, let's, let's spend money in our own country. It's before they had the globalization and now they are trying to restrict that to each country. So I think the Brexit novella will develop more novellas, novels after that. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see, especially for Forex traders. Yeah. yeah. 
that's pretty cool, man. Like I like to to get your point of views on that because you you guys are right as far as with like the selfishness and then because what I'm seeing is that if Brexit doesn't go through, then the transfer of wealth is going to be absolutely crazy, and then the euro is going to be yeah. ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And then people who are traveling and their money is not going to be worth anything anymore. It's yeah. going to be crazy. But you're right about like the selfishness because what I see, like especially, especially with XRP, like I, you know what I was saying about that, is because 25 countries right now are with XRP right now, but they're not. It's not being said yet, and that's why these people are being kind of reserved. Like the countries are being reserved until it releases because that's when it's gonna. Because you know, you know, you know the technology behind XRP, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's supposed to be way faster payments and so forth. So that's what I see. Like, what, what do you, what is your guys' thoughts of, on the Bitcoin and XRP and where it's headed as far as with like, or mainly Bitcoin, maybe? Like, why are you guys still investing in Bitcoin? I'm just curious <laughs> for everybody I think, else. Who's in. I don't think Rui's, you invest into Bitcoin because I only heard Mohammed nah, say. Nah, I'm, I went out, I went out of Bitcoin. Um, I'm ac- I actually have a bit of a financial background also. I work in Revolut. I don't know if you guys also heard about it uh it's uh, it's actually a financial app um and and i actually understand a bit more what's inside uh, organizations and and financial institutions so i believe my my perspective my personal perspective in bitcoin is that it's it's still not uh, stable as as a as as a, as a currency uh so the stability doesn't only come from the usage but it comes in um, in being able to be a currency that you can hold today and tomorrow doesn't change the price abruptly because that can actually affect uh, people's wealth. So for, for me personally, it's something that I'm waiting for for the, the stabilization uh, because I, I'm not looking for short-term investments. I'm looking more for longevity. All right. Me, I'm a crypto lover. Yeah. Uh, I'm a crypto lover, crypto believer. And I'm trying to, to convince Rui about it. Uh, <laughs> for a long time now. <laughs> uh, but I believe on cryptos because we are on a digital era, basically. Yes, Bitcoin has a lot of obstacles. Definitely the speed uh, of transaction is one of the main issues right now that needs to be handled. But my main, the thing that makes me love more, it's the not having an owner. Okay, no one is r- ruling, no one is taking control. We are as consumers. As far as other cryptocurrencies, I believe in them if they are used in the right way. But no one has this, this thing of Bitcoin. No, one, no cryptocurrency right now is decentralized fully. Everything that came afterwards, even XRP, it's yeah. not decentralized like Bitcoin. Of course, that there are many obstacles, and this is a completely subject that we can take five hours or longer to discuss. <laughs> but basically, I, I'm a crypto believer. Not only Bitcoin, I believe that there is this the, this blockchain technology has a lot to offer to the world, and it's going to be interesting to be a part of it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I, I see the world changing. Like even like you know, with direct deposits, you know, you guys have direct deposits and so forth. Yeah. So it's like, it's like our money is already digital anyway, you know? So we're basically doing crypto or the companies are doing crypto already because yeah, 
And, you know, like here in the States, of course, we have the, the dollar, the note, you know, has a, has a serial number on it. But when it's digitally uh, deposited into an account, it doesn't have, it's, you know, each dollar that's in your account doesn't have a serial number. It may have a transaction number, but it's one transaction. It's not, it's not each transaction under each dollar. So if I spend yeah. $50, it's not 50 transactions. It's, it's one transaction. So it's kind of crazy when you think about it. It's really we are in a digital, like, you know, Mohammed said, we're, we're in the digital age. Like, it's basically we are crypto. We're using crypto right now. So that's how I see it, you know? But that's pretty yeah. cool. You got at least looking at it. It's pretty cool, man. I had uh, another question myself. So what kind of account would you start with on a demo? Depends, it depends a lot on your reality, but maybe Hamza, you can start. Well, yeah, like the dollar amount, like let's say, you know, because, you know, on, on like the demo on like MetaTrader 4, you get like, you can start with 100000 or you can start with $1,000, you know, $10,000 on the demo account. So like how much would you guys start off with, especially if you're practicing on the demo? And have you, matter of fact, have you guys ever practiced on the demo? That's a good yeah. question. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I didn't. I started on the real account. Yeah, wow. <laughs> feet first. He went feet first in the water. Head first, actually. He went head first. Don't follow me. I'm lost. Um, no. Don't follow me. <laughs> That's pretty cool, but, man. Uh, I don't. I don't advise to do this. But yeah, since first day, I didn't. I never opened a demo account. I'm gonna be honest. Um, for the dollar amount, uh, I think it's relative, but. Try to be the most realistic as possible. Don't open a million dollar account or hundred thousand dollar account if you're only gonna put hundred dollars in the real account. <laughs> Try to make it realistic, on my opinion, so you can get the feeling once you are you are ready to go for for your real account. Yeah, yeah I, I would I would say to go uh, for example a demo account more associated to your reality, like how much actually are you aiming to start an account. Uh, realistically, how much you can put aside, I don't know, for the next six months. If it's, I don't know, $50 per month, so we are talking about $300. Uh, so if that's what you actually want to open an account with, possibly financially for you, without becoming a struggle, um, I would put it that way. And, um, and, and start practicing before you have the money. Just keep putting the money aside as you're practicing with a 300 demo account. So when you have the, 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 the $300, you actually can open a live account with an actual experience of 300. And um, I would say that another, another thing that is also important that can be used in, um, in the demo account is the psycholo psychological part. Actually, you can train your psychological part on the demo. Um, for example, it's, it's more of a, it's very similar to how you treat a horse. So first you have to leave him in the wild for him to know what is exactly to run away as crazy as he can. He needs to fall down by himself, get up, even with a lot of money. And, and then you start cutting uh, the restrictions and that helps on your psychology in adapting yourself into a risk management approach. So I would also uh, put like this out there for people to explore because this side is also important to explore because the demo can help you mentally. Thank you guys for coming on. We're definitely gonna do a part two probably better schedule for you guys because I know it's like night time for you guys over there. Yeah. So maybe yeah, next so time yeah. we'll do like on the weekends to make it easier for you guys. So yeah. uh, thank you guys for coming by and let everybody know where they thank can find you. you guys. Sorry. I'm like mad. Late, yes. but um, thank you. Thanks for coming you. on.
Protocol 3.